So I'd want to invite all the young people. If you went to tribe camp, would you come up to the stage? If you're a leader, you went to tribe camp, come up to the stage. Come on, let's give them a hand. Pam, Patty, kitchen staff, Dave, Diane. Come on, you guys were a part of tribe camp. Come on up. Make room, guys. Scooch out, scooch out, scooch out. Scooch out, scooch out. Tabitha, yes, our camp nurse. As you saw, she was, she was pulling out splinters and taking care of owies and boo-boos and doing all that for everybody. Right here. Don't these guys look amazing? Um, it was so awesome to see. Uh, I'll turn this way so you don't see me. It was so awesome to see because you pray and you and you talk about and you guys invested you as a church and you you prayed into it. I kept getting text messages throughout the week just saying we're praying for you guys. And it's like then we get to service and me me and my wife she's not able as he's not able to be up here because she's in Sunday school serving. Um, and and we were getting text messages and one of the things that we were laughing at so hard because. We, we bumped up our schedule on dinner, or not just dinner, but like our, our night service, because we're like, oh, we'll go an extra half hour, so we'll be done, and then people can be able to, um, people can be able to, the kids can go out and play. And so instead of giving them an extra hour at the end, they took that extra hour and stayed at the altar the whole entire time. We were like, they want to get out to volleyball, basketball, they want to go do their thing, and you know what? And they did, but it was always about the presence of God first more than anything else. And so um, we have a couple of them that are gonna share. Let's start off. Nicole, you wanna start us off? Yeah, I know, just totally bust you out. So Nicole, this was your first time at Tribe Camp. And so we just want you to share a quick testimony of what happened at Tribe. Um, well, I, I came into camp with like a lot of anxiety just like worried that like I wasn't going to be able to make any like friends or like make any connections but like the first night it just like I got freed from all of that <laughs> and and like I I oh man like I didn't want to leave camp because I was really nervous I like oh that's that's gonna be gone but it never left it followed us back here it yeah. followed us back home <laughs> and um it was just really amazing, and I'm, I'm so glad that I went because I, I feel God with me all the time now, and I'm so happy. <laughs> and Nicole, obviously she talked a little bit about what she was kind of feeling when she went up there. And at the very end, it came down to the very last game um, to who's going to win. We split the kids into tribes. And we just do friendly competition. Well, sometimes it's friendly. It was a little, it, it was a little tough watching the boys go at it. But, um, and it came down to the very last game. And Nicole came in between her and Isaac in the cup game. And Nicole, like literally, it was the, the cup game where we, we shout out head, shoulders, knees, toes, head, shoulders, knees, toes, cup. And they have to reach out. And whoever grabs the cup first is the winner. And um, I, Isaac, I didn't think you had a chance. 
Nicole just reached in there like a beast and just grabbed the cup and she's holding it in the air. And then her team just came around jumping, shouting all around her. And it was just so awesome to see Nicole just come alive up there at camp. We're so thankful. We just can't wait to see what God's gonna continue to do more in your life. Awesome, thanks Nicole. This is the wonderful and the amazing Isabel. Would you give it up for Isabel? Are you okay? You ready? Okay. She's gonna share, she's gonna share her testimony. So please, if you wouldn't mind, just listen. Listen to Isabel as she talks. Okay, so when I before I went to camp, I had so much anxiety, insecurities, and so much other sin that I didn't want to let go. But when I went to camp, I just was crying and laughing and just letting it go because his love came over me. And on the last night, I was like so deep in his presence and I felt something from my stomach come up and my tongue was tingling. And so I opened my mouth and I started speaking in tongues. Oh! No, 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 you still gotta go. Tell us how you felt. Oh. What did it do to you? And I, I just, after that, I just felt so pure and so clean, so new and so free. Yeah. Who did I ask next? Chris. All right, Chris Ferd. Well, um, I didn't really have any insecurities or anything about camp because, like, I knew that here is a family I can trust and know. And I know that I shouldn't have any insecurities or anything or anxiety because I know that God's right by my side. And, um, it was amazing what camp did to me. Um, it made me like a new person. Um, you know, getting baptized was so amazing. Um, well, I remember when I got baptized, I got up like really fast because I got super scared because when I was like uh, like in the water, it felt like not floating, but like it felt like I was standing in the middle of the water. So like if you see my video, I come out like super fast. Like, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just such a fun experience to get with God and like know God so much more. and you know who he is he's like so much more than like just someone you pray to and you know um I got in with my bible so much more and like God is so good you know God is so good so tell us tell us what took you to that decision to get baptized up at camp so um I just felt like I wanted to be cleansed and you know I just I just felt like because I remember when Jared asked me like hey there's going to be like a baptism if you want to get baptized tomorrow but you gotta truly know and try to talk to God about it. And um, I remember in my cabin, um, we were going there, cause I, I think I was gonna go get something and no one was there. So I was like, you know what? Here's like a good time to like, just ask God. And so um, I was there for like 10 minutes, just like closing my eyes, just asking God, is this the right time to get baptized, you know? And I felt like I heard a little voice inside me and um, I learned how to talk to God because um, Jonah um, was telling us like, you'll know when God is speaking to you because he like talks to you in like these ways that you won't know, like the words you won't know, but like there's these words that you like, you know, you wouldn't know. And I just felt like he was telling me, you know, you need to get baptized, you know? And <laughs> yeah, and I remember when I got baptized after that, um, I got 
I remember when Pastor Shane gave me that hug, I got like really emotional a little because um, it's hard to see my dad sometimes, you know, there's uh, been some things going on with that. And I remember uh, when I was walking back, I, I kind of got sad. So I asked Pastor Tim if um, he could walk back with me and I just want to talk to him. But like, but as like we were heading over there, I couldn't really hold it in. So I just started crying in tears and tears. And um, I just gave him a huge hug and I just told him, thank you for everything you have done for me. And like, it was so like amazing what he has done for me and like, you know, um, yeah, it's amazing. That was the more, like, we're off to the side, and he just starts crying, and it was like, dude, so I hug him, and um, I was still all wet from our baptism clothes, and you could just feel, like, more wet. I don't know if that's the right word, but you could just feel more wet as he was crying, but this is like, what camp was all about. We had a lot of fun with all the games, the things we ate, um, all the different stuff running around the lake time, but it was the most encountering with Jesus that we've had. So uh, Mason, let's go Mason next. All right, Mason. Uh, let me give you some backstory. Um, I had a friend who decided he just, just wanted to die, just so he, he tried to commit suicide. Uh, that He's better now. That was a couple years ago. But that really hurt me, uh, like down really deep in my heart. Um, I started running from the Lord. I, I blamed the Lord. Um, oh and then the first night, I got slain. I just felt peace. It was amazing. I wanted more. Uh, <laughs> it was so good. And then the third night, I got slain again. Right, third? Yeah, third night. Um, I got slain again. And I just felt the weight of God's love just hit me. He told me he loved me. Uh, and I felt it. And... There's one thing of someone telling you that they love you and someone showing you. Um, yeah, it was good. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, why I got baptized? I got baptized because I felt like I was running and like I needed something to pull me up like I was swimming and swimming away from the shore trying to just I don't know just swim away and there was like this yacht in front of me and someone was saying Mason Mason I have you you're mine I love you it was awesome all right this is Joel. And so Joelle's going to share. Joelle is friends with the Hickmans. And so this is her time that she's spending with the Hickman family. And then they ended up coming to camp for, you were there the whole time, actually. Yeah. So she was there. So Joelle's going to share with us. So before camp, I struggled with insecurity and anxiety. And I also developed an eating disorder. And that also came with a dairy intolerance and a corn intolerance. And 
And so I wasn't close to God. I wasn't reading my Bible enough. And after going to camp the first night, I was freed of everything. I can eat dairy and corn. I was freed of my eating disorder and everything. I'm not anxious. And I just remember falling over. I fell to the ground and I felt so much peace and love go over me. And the second night, I just felt that love again and it felt so amazing. And then on the third night, um, I just remember we were, I think we were saying, fill me up, God, over and over again. And I just remember all of a sudden, I just started speaking in tongues. And I, it went on forever. And I remember Jonas came up and translated some of it. And they got it on video. So I just remember feeling so overwhelmed with God's presence and love. And I felt every emotion. Well, um, I had been baptized before when I was around like, I think nine, and I had made some mistakes after that, and I felt like I needed that again to just feel new again. I felt so fresh and like it was another life. I wasn't, I didn't think about my past. It didn't matter. This is Kaylee. Kaylee's gonna share. So the first night I felt the love of God come over me and I felt him say like, touch your hand to Joelle. And so when I did, she like fell to the ground. And it, like I felt his love and it was like so good. And then the second night, um, we had a adopted child who, like there was a lot of trauma and stuff. I felt like he just like healed me from it. Third night, like, well, the, when we got baptized. And then, like, I got baptized because I've always dreamed of being baptized in, like, a lake. <laughs> and so I was like, if I'm ever going to be baptized, God, make it in a lake. And he was like, okay. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I felt like a new person. Like, I died with him and then I rose again. This is Casey Watts. All right, Casey. Tell us what you felt up at Tribe Camp, because this was your first time at Tribe Camp. So tell us what you felt, and also, too, like, just a little bit about um, the baptism experience, what, going into that, okay? Um, when I came to camp, I was struggling with sexual sin and shame and judgment and... The first night, God just 
he, he just put those things on a whiteboard and told me to look at them and he just scrubbed them all away. <laughs> and after that, I just wanted to give everything to him. And then the third night, he just, like, the, the, I just really wanted him. And, it, and it, when it wasn't coming, I just felt doubt and worry and that I wasn't going to receive it. And then you had a few amazing people touch me and pray over me. And it, it just started flowing and hitting me. And it, it, it was the most amazing thing I could ever feel. When, when I said yes to Jesus, there was no other thing in life that was more greater. And, and I, just, I just wanted to receive it and I just loved him and I just felt his love so hard it was hurting me. I just wanted to stop. <laughs> I just let it go, keep going. And then, <laughs> and then my physical body told me I had to go pee. <laughs> and it's the baptism of it was just. It was just. It was. It was a thought. And like in my family, it is a very special, strong, good thing. And very important because when you die with Christ when you die with Christ you are resurrected you are new you are pure and what I also thought about that was it is an everyday thing it is today right now tomorrow next week and it, it really that really touched me because and it, it just makes me want to I just feel so new and I'm still adjusting but it is good all the time I just want to give my life to Jesus, and I want to share Him, and I want other people to know how His love feels. Okay. Hey, Casey, Casey's our last testimony, but would you just put your hands out? And Casey's just going to pray here. Dear God, I just pray that um, you touch every person in this room's soul and their heart. And I said they just, they want you more than anything. And, they, and, they, and, and Jesus tells us we want to be in the world, but not a part of it. And I, I felt like, I, I see a lot of churches today who do that. And it just makes me sad. And I just want to pray over anxiety and depression and suicide and ju ju just all of it. He knows your heart. You ask and you, sh you shall receive. And, and you are loved by a father who knows you. And your identity is a child of God. You are a child of God. And, he, and his love is so overwhelming. It makes, it makes everything in this world look like baby stuff. <laughs> And I just, I just think, I'm thank you for all the people who've helped me come to him, including Pastor Tim and my dad and all my friends. And there's someone out there who loves you more than you love yourself. And that loves your presence and wants to be with you. All you have to say is yes. 
and you ask, his only two, his, his two answers are yes and amen. There's no no, or maybe later. <laughs> and I, I just, I, I just want you guys to love him and want him and to receive him. And ju- just keep, just keep going the way you're going. This church, it's, it's amazing. And I love the people here. In your holy, good name we pray, amen. You know, I just want to give a special thanks to uh, Pam, Patty, Dave, Diane, Colleen. Um, I think you had one, one more other, maybe had someone else. Anyways, uh, the whole kitchen staff was amazing, making sure that we ate on time. They fed us efficiently. And over in abundance, because we could able to go back for seconds, especially the biscuits and gravy. I was there two times. Um, but we just thank you guys so much. I know it. And to all the leaders, all of you tribal leaders that came up, that took time out of your schedule to be up there, that it took your own money, it took your own, you had to drive up, you had to come up, and then we had to go without sleep for three days, four days. But really, just watching, again, like as leaders, it was such we had encounters as they had encounters. You know what I mean? Like me and Ezzy were just in the back. We would just ball that last night um, because we're just like, man, you know, we want, we're having our own encounter as they're having their encounter with Jesus and watching them and then coming up and praying for them and then they're praying for us. There was kids that were coming up, giving us prophetic words and praying over us as leaders. I mean, it was just an amazing, amazing camp. Um, so with that being said, and the very last people I really would like to thank is Jonah and Alexis and Baby Cruz. So would you guys come on up? These are some amazing, amazing people. We have loved getting to know you guys. Obviously we stayed up a little too late sometimes, but we have loved getting to know you guys. And um, so Jonah, Alexis, just however you guys wanna do it, man, preach the word and let's just get this party going, dude. All right. Come on, can we just give it up for Pastor Tim? Don't you guys love him? Pastor Ezzy. And can we just give it up for give it up for all of these young people who encountered Jesus? One last time. Um, I'll introduce our family and then we all can be seated and just start. But this, yep, this is my beautiful wife, Alexis. Yep. Um we, we've almost been married for three years. We'll, it'll be three years in September. And then this is Baby Cruz, and he's going to be one next week. Hello. That's awesome. Um, and we're just, we are so excited to be here. Uh, I'm wrecked today, so I, I feel really teary um, just being here, being in the presence of God. And uh, I just want to honor your pastors, Pastor Lynn and Renee Hardy. Such amazing pastors. Pastor Rich and Kathy, amazing pastors. Pastor Matt, come on, just amazing people everywhere. But we're so excited to be here. And uh, Cruz just woke up from a nap, but we're excited to see what God's going to do today. Are you guys excited to be in the presence of the Lord? It's going to be amazing. So can we have all the students go back to their seat? Um, today is, today is going to be a powerful day. 
It already is. How about that proposal? Right? <laughs> so amazing. Um, I got to hear, I was with Wes and Bethany last night and got to hear more details about the story and I'm just weeping and then again weeping this morning of just the goodness of God that's taking place in your life Wes in your life Bethany and I'm so excited for the both of you it's it's gonna be a beautiful life a beautiful life together so can we just give it up for them as well um, a little bit about us I think this is my third time being here at Valley Church. Um, I, I've known Christy, uh, Pastor Christy, for a very long time, it feels like. We went to Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry together, and we were there first year. I don't, I don't, did she do two years? Just one year. One year, that's right. But I was with her, and we just became such good friends and been friends and family ever since. And so the Hardys, you guys are family to us. And we're just so, so honored to be here, really. Um, but my wife, Alexis, and I are pastors. We're youth pastors in the Seattle area. And um, been a youth pastor for five years. Right when I graduated, Bethel became a youth pastor. And then we also just started a nonprofit called Stay Here. Say, Stay Here. And uh, we are a nonprofit that is believing that Gen Z will be suicide free. Yep. So can you, can you just say that with me? Say, Gen Z will be suicide free. Yep. And so what we do is we are teaching, uh, we want to teach 1 million individuals, 10,000 churches, and 10,000 schools gospel-centered suicide prevention by 2025. And so, yep, yep. And so we're believing that in the midst of pain in the midst of chaos that's been going on in our world that God is going to set the captives free do you believe that and I think that you can't you can't enter into something like that without the power of the Holy Spirit without the move of the Holy Spirit and so we're not we're not just some ordinary mental health organization we are a Holy Spirit filled mental health organization that are going to see so many people delivered. And I would love for you to be a part of it. Um, it next year, actually, we're going to be at the Send Kansas City with 70,000 people. And we're going to be on stage making a call for Gen Z to be suicide free. And we're going to see people trained all over America and all over the world so that we could see an end to such a cruel thing. Can I get an amen? Amen. So that's a little bit about us. Um, but I really am just excited for what God's doing here. Jared's up here, by the way. Hallelujah, Jared. Come on. Love you, man. Today, here's what I believe is going to happen. I believe that what took place at tribe camp is going to happen in this room and even more so. And I don't know about you, but I came to church today hungry for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I, I've come to church today not wanting just an ordinary service, but I came here burning to see you set free and filled with God. Come on. I don't know. I just heard a couple of you today. I heard a couple of you. Are you hungry to be filled with God? Yeah? Do you? <laughs> 
Do you want to see what it looks like to be overflowing with the Holy Spirit? Come on, he's, he's not a lake, he's a river. He's a river. He's not some stagnant, dirty God. He's fresh, he's flowing, he's powerful, he's moving. And if these, testimo these testimonies are a sign to you and to me that God is not done with our generation, he's not done, he's not done. But the Bible says, and we're gonna read this today, that God wants to pour out his Holy Spirit on all flesh. Can you say that with me? Say all. Say all flesh. And I think so many of us, we're so afraid to talk about the topic of the Holy Spirit because we think he's too messy. No, 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 friend, that's wrong. Sin is messy. The Holy Spirit is holy. It's not the messy spirit. A lot of people want the spirit, but they don't want the holy. I came here to preach today. It's where to see God move. A lot of people want, ooh, the chills down the spine, but they don't want to give their life to him because the moment that you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, he takes your impurity and he transforms it to holiness. He takes what's wrong with you and he makes it righteous. And he begins to form the image of Christ in you so that you can be Christ to the world around you. This is what the true life of a believer should look like. It's not about going to church, it's about being the church. I told, the, I told the young people this at camp, going to church doesn't make you a Christian, just like going to McDonald's doesn't make you a cheeseburger. That's just, that just doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Yielding your life to him, giving him your whole being, opening up every door of your heart. That's what transforms your life. It's not Jesus incorporated. We don't incorporate Jesus into our life. We give him our life because he gave his. You don't incorporate him. He's not just some Jesus mild and meek, meek and mild, that you pray before you have spaghetti at night. No, it's Jesus, come encounter my family. Jesus, come encounter my city. Jesus, come encounter my high school. Because God, I am desperate for you to be everywhere I am. I'm hungry for revival. Come on, we, I was talking to Pastor Renee about this this morning. We are living in the greatest time in human history. The fact that you are here. God placed you in the middle of one of the craziest years. Come on, can we just be honest? What a wild couple of years. What a wild couple of years. But I believe that we are in the Joel 2 time where the Lord is saying, church, it's time to stop playing games and it's time to start getting filled. It's time to start being about your religion, your religiosity, being greater than everybody else. And it's time to get low and to humble yourself and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Do you want to be filled fresh today? He's going to come and fill you fresh. You're never going to be the same. Amen. Jared, are you cool to stay up here? Oh, I love Jared so much. 
so much. Say, fill me, Holy Spirit. I want you to say this to me. Say, no spirit, but the Holy Spirit is welcome in this place. One more time, say, no spirit, but the Holy Spirit is welcome in this place. Fear go. Holy Spirit, come. Fill me today. I'm here for you. In Jesus' name. Come on, I was just listening to these stories and weeping because I'm, especially when I was hearing Wes's story, and I'm just weeping at the front row, like, you know, touching Pastor Renee, and I'm like, I'm so wrecked. I didn't even know if I was going to be able to preach. I'm like bawling because how beautiful is it to see a life transformed? You know, I grew up going to church just thinking that it's just a bunch of do's and don'ts, just a bunch of rules. But I never saw what transformed life looked like until my dad came home when I was 13 years old and he came home from a men's Bible study, which I always thought men's Bible study was the most boring thing in the world. You know, like, can I get an amen? Actually, don't say that, you know. No, <laughs> we'll pray for you. So good to see you. So happy you're here. Um, but my dad comes home from a men's Bible study on a Monday night. I'm watching MTV with my brother. Don't even know if that's still a thing anymore. But I, I'm, I'm downstairs not walking with the Lord. Never seen what a true, authentic relationship with Jesus looks like until my dad comes home. And my dad didn't just come home that night. Jesus came in with him. And he walks into our downstairs. The lights are off. And my brother tells it this way. I don't even really remember this, but my brother said there was light coming off of my dad. Like a glory that you could physically and tangibly see. All that I remembered was the presence of Jesus in our downstairs. And I begin to weep, and my brother has a nervous laugh. You know a ner what a nervous laugh is, right? <laughs> right? And um, nervous laugh, and uh, probably little tears there too. And I run up to my dad, and I give him the biggest hug. And I said, Dad, why are you smiling? What's wrong with you? You never smile like that. And he says, boys, I met Jesus for the first time in my life tonight. And I said, what do you mean you met Jesus for the first time? What does he look like? Right? Great question from a 13-year-old. He says, no, 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 no. Let me tell you the story. My dad begins to tell my brother and I that he was at this men's Bible study and that he was delivered of demons. Come on tells us what that was like. And I'm like, demons? I didn't even know those things were real, you know? Delivery of demons. And then he says, and then I was filled with this thing called the Holy Spirit. And I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I began to speak in tongues. And he says, I will never be the same, Jacob and Jonah. This is going to be our new life. Together, as a family, we're going to pursue the Holy Spirit. We're going to see miracles and that's exactly what happened. That next Monday night, I go to this men's Bible study. Don't remember anything that 70-year-old man talked about. And all I said was, can I experience what happened to my dad? And that 70-year-old man 
gets up, his name's Eldon Blanford, and he says, absolutely. It's literally how he talks. Like, I, I'm not, he wasn't a passionate guy. Like, I'm pretty passionate, okay? But Eldon's like, walks over to me, puts his hand on me, and he had a gift of discernment, and I didn't even have to tell him what was wrong, but he says, spirit of fear and rejection and abandonment and hurt, leave your son now. And I feel all of the stuff come here and then out. I didn't throw up, okay, but I coughed. And stuff started to come out of me. And and I'm having this experience like, oh my gosh, what my dad talked about is real. And then I felt light and empty and free. And I'm like, whoa, this is real. Like, I've been going to church since I was five at an Assemblies of God church and have never experienced that before. You know, the Trinity to me was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Bible. You know, I never, never was talked about about the Holy Spirit, never encountered the presence of God. But thank you for a man like Eldon, right, who put his hand on me and wasn't afraid to say, Spirit of fear, come out. And I look at him and I said, Eldon, it's gone. Whatever was here is gone. It's, it's out. I feel free. I feel light. And he says, and I said, but I feel empty. And he says, yeah, because now you need to get filled. And I stand to my feet, 13 years old. I'm like, whoa, I feel pretty good right now, you know. I don't feel heavy anymore. And uh, he, st- he stands me in the middle of his carpet, doesn't even put a hand on me, and he says, Jesus, touch him with the Holy Spirit. Anointing, come on him now. And I'm there, no hand on me, and I just go, on my back, on the ground, I'm shaking on the ground, 13. No, I've never seen a video of that. I promise I didn't watch Benny Hinn, everybody. You know, I was watching MTV. You know, I was living a different life. Before that, literally the week before that, I was smoking. I was drinking at 13. I was trying to sleep around at 13 because I was doing what I heard in rap videos. I was doing what I saw and all this other stuff in my friends. But God right then and there said, I love Jonah so much that I'm going to touch him. And I'm on the ground being overcome by the love of Jesus. I feel wave after wave of his presence and his love touching me. And I said, Jesus, if this is you, this is better than any high I've had. This is better than any alcohol I've drank. This is better than any feeling I've ever had. If this is you, I will give you my life forever. And he says, my son, Jonah. I hear his voice for the first time. This is me and you will serve me for the rest of your life. And I'm like, come on. So good. And I'm on the ground, and I start to have pictures of me preaching in front of thousands and thousands of people at 13 years old. And he says, and you'll do this, and you'll do this, and you'll do this. And I'm getting excited. I'm like, I'm going to be a preacher, you know. I wanted to be a baseball player, and now all my desires start to shift because his love is better than life. His presence is better than life. And I get up from that encounter, never the same. Next week, I see my first healing. I see in my next, I see a deliverance, someone getting free of a demon after that. And my life has never been the same ever since. And I'm here to tell you today, if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, life is just boring. If you're not filled with Him, can I also say, what are you filled with then? 
I want to I want to read this. Ephesians 5:3 if you have your Bibles. We're going to read some scripture. You guys cool with that? And then Holy Spirit's going to drop in this place. He's already here, but we're going to experience him in a fresh way. And it's not weird. Fear go, Holy Spirit come. This is what we all need. This is what this world needs. And as you're turning there, I want to share something else here. Uh, I heard that you I heard that you guys here at Valley love President Trump. Is that true? <laughs> That's awesome. Can I share with you guys a cool story about President Trump? Okay. So I I have a relationship with um, President Trump's uh, head intercessor and prophet. Uh, and he he's a he's a Spanish speaking man, and he's also he's also um, one of his head voices for the Latin community, and um, so I know him personally. He's a really dear friend of mine, and uh, this is actually his jacket, which is so awesome. And uh, this is I'm not kidding. This is his jacket. His name is Pasqual Urabazo. And he gave me this. I've never worn this jacket before. I felt like I was supposed to wear it here. And this is a prophetic word for this house that God is going to release you into governmental influence. Yep, yep. Because when he prayed for me and he gave me this jacket, he threw it on me and I just fell on the ground. And he said, Jonah, this jacket has been in the White House. I've actually taken this to D.C. And he says, I don't give my jackets away to people, but the Lord is saying that you will be in the highest places of influence, influencing the influential for the kingdom of heaven. And I'm just here to tell you, Valley Church, that you are going to influence the highest of highs in influence for the kingdom of heaven. And it, you know, it, wherever, whatever you believe, red, blue, just put, it, put, that all, put that all aside this morning. I want to tell you about an encounter that President Trump had with the Holy Spirit. And it's awesome. Uh, Pasquale was there in the, in the Oval Office, and they were having a, a meeting, a, a prayer meeting with President Trump. President walks into the room, Pasquale's standing there, and when Trump walks into a room, it's like authority. He's a big man. I don't know if you've seen, he's a really big man. And he's got this really great handshake. And he's walking around, shaking hands, and then he gets to Pasquale. Pasquale's spirit-filled, demon-slaying kind of guy. And he comes to Pasquale, and, and Pasquale puts his hand out. He says, President Trump. And President Trump starts doing this. Doesn't, yes, true story. Doesn't even, <laughs> doesn't even get to shaking his hand. He puts his hand out, and then <laughs> Holy Spirit touches him. And he just leans into Pasquale and he says, what was that? Okay. And then starts shaking everybody else's hands. Another amazing moment that happened is during that, I think it was that same meeting, uh, Pasquale's there. A lot of Latin-speaking pastors are there. Um, one man specifically, Apostle Guillermo Maldonado from Florida was there. And at the end of this meeting, President Trump, I believe he said, he told Norma, which is Pasquale's life, to close out in prayer. And Norma says, excuse me, Mr. President, but I'm not supposed to close out in prayer. Pastor Guillermo is. Maldonado is supposed to pray. 
and Maldonado stands to his feet in the Oval Office, and he says, President Trump, you cannot lead this country without the help of the Holy Spirit. Listen, he says, and we're gonna pray for you right now that the Holy Spirit touches your life and that God's hand is on your life. And he says, pastors, you know what to do, pray in the Spirit. And in the Oval Office, these pastors are praying in tongues. Guillermo Maldonado's on his feet, hands extended. People are laying hands on the president. And Guillermo says, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, come and fill this man. Fill him. And right then and there, the presence of the Holy Spirit begins to land on President Trump in the Oval Office. Come on. And it's so amazing. I'm just here. I want to share that to stir up faith in you today that God is not done in America. He's not done where we're at. He's not done. It might look like things are done, but I'm here to tell you we are living in the days of revival. We are living in the days of the Holy Spirit where God is touching presidents. He's touching kings. He's touching rulers. And I'm not here to, I'm not here to put president on a pedestal. I'm here to tell you we worship King Jesus. And who King Jesus wants to touch, he will surely touch. Amen? And so I'm, I want to release that actually a, a, a word for, our, for your pastors is I believe right now that you are about to step into a season of the greatest signs and wonders that this church has ever seen. And Father, I thank you. I had this picture of Valley Church. I just had a picture of people leaving their demons in bags at the door. And I saw the ushers and greeting teams dragging demons, dragging sin, and throwing it out the door. And I hear the Lord say that this is a house of transformation. This is a house of miracles. This is a house of transformation. And I just see over you, Pastor Lynn, I just see there is a deliverance anointing coming on you that's stronger than ever before. And Father, I thank you that even in Idaho, that politicians are going to be calling this church. I just prophesy and declare, God, how to bring Christianity back into schools, back into neighborhoods. And I just see, I hear, I hear the Lord say, neighborhoods shall be transformed. Not just people coming into the church, but the church going out into neighborhoods. And I see meth addiction being, being crucified. I see addicts being saved. Father, I thank you that the least of these in the worst of the worst will come and receive your power. Father, we thank you for Saul to Paul encounters. Saul to Paul encounters taking place in this church. Father, I thank you. God, like Brownsville, God, with this church, God, would a line be wrapped outside this church? for people waiting to get in this building. Father, I prophesy, I declare, God, that souls will be saved, that this would be a church that burns for souls to be saved again. Not just 
Christians sitting in pews, but for the lost to come home, for people to be saved. God, I declare over every family in this church, God, that their sons and daughters will be saved. God, that their extended families will be saved. We thank you for the greatest depth of transformation that you paid for with your blood, God. You paid for it. You paid for it, Lord. We thank you to the lowest and the highest Valley Church. Valley Church, the river that flows, the river that flows in Idaho is this church. Father, I thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for the masses, and we bless Pastor Lynn and Renee and the leadership team here in Jesus' name. Come on, do you believe that, Valley Church, this morning? Come on, so good. Come on. Come on, Jesus. You're not finished, God. We will see greater things, Jesus. We will see greater things. Come on. Come on, I promise. I know some of you already want to get up out of your seat and come and receive. We're almost there. Just take a seat. Take a seat. Just one. Give me five minutes, and then we're going to pray, and Holy Spirit is going to touch every person in this place. You know what I love about Acts chapter 2 is it wasn't 100 out of 120. It was 120 out of 120 that were filled. So whosoever wants to be filled today, you will get filled. God says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they will be filled. Amen? But I want to read this, Ephesians 5, 3. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness, a silly talk or coarse, jest, or coarse jesting which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know with certainty, that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. I want to stop right there. Paul is not saying that that type of person can't go to heaven. Did you catch that? This is not a verse about going to heaven. This is a verse about you inheriting the kingdom of God in your life. Because Jesus didn't die so you could go to heaven someday. He died to put heaven in you. If, you. if we make our freedom about when we die, we made death our Savior instead of Jesus. Jesus died to give you a kingdom inheritance. Say kingdom inheritance. Verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Say, I am light. And this is what it says. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of these things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. Say the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it is, uh, it says, awake sleeper and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as, wi uh, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand 
what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is a dis, a dis uh, I can't, debauchery. That's a good one. Mine says dispensation or something like that. <laughs> it says, but be filled with the Spirit. Say, be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of the Lord. I said it before, but if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, what are you filled with? I'm here to tell you today, you know, a message maybe that you don't hear a lot in church. You hear it here at Valley Church for sure, because I know your pastors. But if you're not filled with God, you're opening up yourself to be filled with something else. If you're not influenced by the Holy Spirit, what is it then, friend, that's influencing you? Paul gives a list of all of these things in the beginning, and he says, stay away from this. Don't go, don't, don't be a part of this. Stay away from this. Why? Not because God condemns you, but he knows that he loves you so much that he knows that all of those things hurt you. When we think that they help us, they don't. They actually hurt us. And he's saying, don't be filled with that. Don't let your life be full of that stuff. Instead, let your life be overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of a life that's overflowing with the Spirit is a life of thankfulness. It's a life of power. It's a life of authority, of love. Come on, what do we do? We know the fruits of the Spirit here, right? It's a life that bears fruits of love, of joy. You want more joy in your life? It doesn't mean you need to go to a counselor until you're 90. It means that you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. And I'll say, I love counselors. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you, if you make that your God, if you make something else your God instead of Him, you won't experience ever the fullness of joy. You will never experience the peace that, this Bible, that the Bible talks about, that God has for you. But you will when you say, I want to be emptied of all of that and filled with all of you. And when you do that and you let Him reign on you, Oh, man, you're going to be a bad mamma jamma. Come on, you're going to be tongue-talking, Holy Spirit walking, demon slaying, dead raising. Come on now. You know, I, I have a Ph.D. I don't know if you know that. It's, it's a Ph.D. in preaching, healing, and delivering. <laughs> Never went to college. And I'm telling you, there's no quality. You don't have to be qualified to receive the Holy Spirit. You don't have to work to receive the Holy Spirit. You just have to be willing and say, Lord, here's my life. I don't want to live for me anymore. I want to live for you. Come and fill me so that my life looks like Jesus' life. Because I promise, friend, it doesn't matter what age you are in this place. The young people experienced it. Come on, wasn't night three kind of crazy? Night three, we're there at tribe camp, and there are bodies of young kids all over the floor. So yeah, praise the Lord. They're all over the floor. And you know what? 
you don't, we don't, you don't teach them that. They're innocent children, innocent young people encountering the Holy Spirit. And I'm here to tell you today, you could be 120 or five years old. God is not going to leave you out today. If you come to this altar and you're hungry, God is going to fill you. And so right now, I want you to stand to your feet. And the first thing, first thing I want to say is before we even experience what the Holy Spirit has for us today, I want to give a call. If there is any person in this room that does not have a living relationship with Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to make the greatest decision of your life, to actually belong to him. Not just to know about him, but to know him to be forgiven of your sins, to be a new creation, the gospel will transform you. The gospel of Jesus will transform your life. And if that's you here today and you want what Wes Ward got, right? You want what these teenagers got and you want a living relationship with Jesus or maybe you're here today and you've walked away from him and you want to rededicate your life to him, I want to give you that opportunity right now all across this room, every eye open. No eyes closed in this room because if Jesus died publicly, I think we can give him our lives publicly too, okay? And we're gonna put the devil to shame today and we're gonna see people come home. And if that's you today, I just want you to put your hand up in the air right now if that's you and you're saying, I want a living relationship with Jesus. All across this room, you're coming back to Jesus. I see your hand, come on. I just want, Valley, just look around and just see the hands up in this room right now, people coming home. And if you need to respond this way, come and respond right now. Jesus wants to change your life. Jesus wants to change your life. If that's you and you raised your hand, I want you just to come up to the altar right now. If you just raised your hand, find a place at the altar. Jesus wants to set you free. Come on, can we just make some noise right now? Valley Church. For all of these people who are saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. These are real encounters with God that are happening right here. Real encounters with God right here. You will never be the same. You will never be the same. Come on. You will never be the same. Today is a new day. Today is a new day. Today is a new day. Today is a fresh start for you. It's a new day. Come on, people everywhere. This is amazing. God's encountering these people. If you could see their faces, if you could see what I see. Jesus, we thank you. God, we thank you for salvation. We thank you for gospel transformation today. I declare over you that you are forgiven. You are forgiven of all of your sins. You are redeemed. You are restored by making this decision to come back home. Your past is clean. It's gone. It's wiped away as far as the east is from the west. And if you came up to the altar and you can hear me right now, I want you just to pray this with me. And at Valley, if you could pray this together with, with the people up at the front, let's pray this. There's no magic in the words, but if you believe in your heart, God is going to transform you from the inside out. Just say this with me. Say, Father, thank you for sending your son. Thank you for giving us Jesus. 
And Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me, that you came and lived a perfect life so that I could be free of sin, so that I could be delivered from hell. And I also believe that you rose from the grave victoriously so that I could have a new life full of your power. So I ask you to fill me with your spirit and forgive all of my sins. Today, I am a new creation. All old things are gone and I am new. Wash me and cleanse me with your blood. I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on, can we just make some noise for these people? Come on, Jesus. So good. And they're gonna, they're gonna be up here still encountering God and I, I believe that every person up here is gonna be filled fresh with the Holy Spirit. But this is what it's all about, Valley Church. This is what it's all about. It's about people coming home. It's about your, your family coming home and being saved, being redeemed, being refreshed. But right now, if you're here and you're saying, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and everything not of God in my life to go. I want you to come and find your way up here at the altar. If you need to run up here, you need to come up here, you need to do whatever you want to do, there is a place for you here. God wants to touch you. He wants to fill you fresh this morning. He wants to fill you fresh this morning. Come on, don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Come. Come, come, come. Come and be filled today. Come and be filled today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I believe that there's more of you. Come. Come on, if you're up here, you're never going to be the same. I don't know who this family is here. You guys, what's your name? Eric? What's your name? Eric and Erica. That's with you? Are you part of this family too? What's, what's the family's last name? What is it? Sandoval. I, hi, Jack. You're never going to be the same, Jack. God's going to touch this family. He's on this family. He's on you. He's on your baby. God, I pray, fill, fill this family. Come on, if you're still wanting to come up here, there's, there's a place for you. There's a place for you to receive. Just say this with me if you're up here. Say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fill me. Come on, even if you, don't say this, but even if you're here and you've been filled before, come get refilled. Come and just get refilled. God wants to refill you, rebaptize you in his Holy Spirit. Come on, if you're here today, you feel dry in your relationship with God. You don't feel like you used to have the same fire that you used to have. God wants to bring revival back into your heart. If you're up here, say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit, 
Fill me. I receive you. Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with power. Fill me with love. That I would never be the same. Come on, he's touching you right now all across this room. Say, Holy Spirit, come, 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 come. Come on, he's here today. He's here today. He's filling you fresh. Holy Spirit, all across this place, I pray that you would baptize every person fresh in power. Clothe them in power. Clothe them in your power. Come on, even if I could have some of the young people just go around and pray. Go around and lay hands if you receive the Holy Spirit. Go around and pray. Holy Spirit, come and fill. Come and fill every person. We thank you, Jesus, right now, right now, right now, right now. Come on, if you're up here, just close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes and just begin to receive what God is doing in your life. You will never be the same today. You will never be the same today. Thank you, Jesus. It's happening all across this place. It's happening all across this place. Holy Spirit, do it only.